the spotlight. Let's meet and learn about the life of one of our shedders. Our shedder in the spotlight today is both a home shedder and a men's shedder. He wasn't especially pleased when he had to downsize his home shed after moving to a new town in retirement. But that led him to help form a new men's shed and find some new projects instead of his old traditional love, woodwork. Let's say good day to Alan Tucker from the Monastery Shed in South Australia. Well, Alan, describe your men's shed for me. Our men's shed is a very small affair, I suppose. That's a, a small shed, nine metres by six metres, so we're, we're not sort of, yeah, particularly flush with space. A small group of like-minded guys. And as I say, when I say small group, there's there's a sort of a, a nucleus of probably four or five people that are there all the time and, and a few blow-ins every now and then. So, so it's not a massive uh, affair, but then again we haven't got the room to sort of support too many okay. uh, but we, we all get on well it's, it's, it's very young very young shed you know it sort of kicked off probably in the middle of 2019 you know we haven't been going that long but we're, we're a happy bunch well that's good to hear <laughs> it always makes the life a lot easier when everybody's happy uh, the monastery shed now where are you exactly in, in Adelaide well we're, we're in the suburb of Urbray Urbray is sort of southeast of the city you, you come off the end of the southeastern freeway, which is the sort of the main connector between Melbourne and Adelaide, uh-huh. come off the end of the freeway, and and we're right there, really. Uh, sort of, it's it's left down Crossroad, and the monastery's right there, and we're in the grounds of the monastery. Oh, I see. So, hence the name. Yes. Yeah, it's it's a lo- lovely environment. Actually, you you sort of come in, you go past the church, and the monastery has got a. I mean, there's a church there, obviously, because it's a Catholic sort of establishment, mm. but it's 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 also a function centres. They have corporate functions and things. We're, we're sort of out the back, just tucked away. Right. Now, what about your home shed? Is that massively different? Oh, my home shed. Oh, my home shed. Well, I, I've, I've been woodworking for, 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 for many years. I've, I've actually relatively recently arrived in Adelaide and before that I was in Melbourne and I had quite a large sort of double garage equipped with just about everything I needed. Large scale, big equipment uh, that I, you know, I I was into sort of a bit of furniture building and what have you, but since we moved to Adelaide I've sort of downsized a little bit. I've I've still got some reasonable bits of equipment. I've got the router table and compound miter saw and the the band saw, but I sort of downsized a little bit, which is why I really wanted to get involved in a men's shed which had a little bit bigger bigger equipment that uh, that I could just sort of well utilize I suppose for uh, any large projects that uh, under undertook but um, I'm now sort of really dabbling in all sorts of things now I, I sort of started doing a bit of clock making and and now I'm doing a bit of jewelry making so so at home I've got these little uh, workstations if you like I've got my jewelry and clock making little section and then I've got a a workshop area where I've got my bandsaw, the router, and a workbench for uh, for any sort of small woodworking projects I'm working on. So um, the uh, the jewellery side of things is that uh, basically costume jewellery, or are you getting more involved with uh, with gems? Oh, look, I, I I I'd love to still sort of cubic zirconias, and uh, originally 
I had these great designs on on making uh, a whole lot of jewellery and going down to a market and selling it and sort of making a bit of money out of it. I did start to do that, a bit of copper jewellery and a bit of silver jewellery, none of the, nothing like gold or platinum or, or any of those sorts of precious metals, but certainly silver and copper. And I started to make a, a, a fair bit of jewellery. I went down to a few mar- markets and uh, then found out that sort of nobody was really that interested. <laughs> so I thought, well blow this, I'll, I'll give that away and just maybe make, make a few odd pieces for my wife, you know, for, for birthdays and anniversaries and things. So that's what I'm doing. Now. Well, that's that's quite a quite a leap for an ex-woodworker to get involved in, in copper and silver. And do, do you make do you make jewellery out of timber as well? Um, no, none of that. I, I sort of transitioned because when I when I first got, probably just before I retired, I sort of had these designs on becoming a, 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 a clockmaker. So I was getting the old uh, brass clock movements off eBay and sort of buying these old movements, taking them to pieces, cleaning them up, oiling them, putting them back together again, and then making clock cases out of nice timbers like jarra or red gum, you know, she-oak, all these beautiful timbers. So, so I started to do that and I've, I've made about four or five clock. And again, you know, these great designs on, oh, everybody's going to want one of these old uh, mechanical clocks. Of course they do. You know, I'll, I'll be able to sell these for, uh, for a fortune and um, I, I've still got them, basically. <laughs> but, we, but we're very good. I've got, I've got sort of rooms here in the house where you've got two, you know, a couple of clocks in them. And it, it's wonderful. Every Friday you go around and wind wind them up. I like them. I, I like the tick-tock of, uh, of the old clocks. It sort of gives you a, a quite quite a nice sort of atmospheric feeling. Yes, I had an uncle who had the same fetish. 12 o'clock at his place was something to behold. <laughs> yeah. So so that, that sort of transitioned me. I, I sort of started, you know, it, it, it blended a bit of, uh, clock making slash jewellery making into woodwork making the the cases for the clocks so so I'm, I'm sort of dabbling a bit of everything do you think you're heading towards a, a money making venture of some kind with your skills resigned yourself to I've, I've, yourself. I've, I've given it away I've, I've, I'm just doing it now for pleasure I, the, the reality is I, I don't need the money I, I just I just do it for the satisfaction of you know making these things and it, look look if, if I get around to putting one onto eBay or whatever and sort of selling it then then fantastic but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna feel like I need to uh, to do that to, to to get any satisfaction out of it I'm I, I just do it for the for the sheer satisfaction of building something or making something for my own pleasure <laughs> if nobody else's but I, I just want to reflect basically on your background now you, now you've come from a, a background of Explosives, right? I mean, this is quite interesting. You know, you from an explosives engineer to a jewellery maker. I mean, you couldn't get these two poles further apart. Yes, from uh, from blowing stuff up to uh, to creating stuff. Uh, yeah, it, it's intricate stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting move. Yeah, I, I don't know quite how that works. I mean, I you know, I, I did my, my mining engineering degree in in London, and I I started my my life as an underground gold miner in South Africa back in the late seventies. So, so I, I got into mining. I don't know why. I've got no history, family history of mining, but I did have somebody at school who sort of, um, sort of mentored me, and uh, I, I suggested to him that I wanted to do something creative, something in engineering, that something that was a, 
a sort of a doing a bit of everything and, and being a mining engineer you're, you're a jack of all trades basically and a master of none really so I got into that uh, through through him and then um, you know got, got the opportunity of going to South Africa and then coming over to Australia worked at an underground copper mine in Tasmania and, and oh, then, Queenstown yeah yeah down at Queenstown the Mount, that was the Mount Lyle Mining and Railway Company back yes. in the ni- 1980 which is now a different name I don't know whatever it's called now but uh, I worked at the copper mine there uh, for a number of years and then got into the well uh, a a lot of activities there but the thing I most enjoyed was doing the the blasting you know being a drill and blast engineer there uh, in their mass firings there they had some you know huge blasting operations underground and uh, and there from there I joined um, an explosive company ICI explosives as it was then it's now Orica mining services but it was ICI explosives then and, and got into the explosive side of things and teaching people how to how to use explosives safely and efficiently and and that's really what I did for well for the last 30 plus years well Alan it sounds to me like you've had a very interesting and and varied life uh, (laughs) when it comes to (laughs) comes to a working life it uh, it sounds fascinating indeed and I want to thank you for being uh, our shedder in the spotlight this time on the on the shed wireless and good luck with your with your maybe you just save the silver up it's probably worth more as a raw (laughs) material absolutely Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Thanks very much, Alan. Yep, no worries. Good good on you. Bye-bye. Bye for now. You're listening to The Shed Wireless with John Paul Young. It's a podcast for shedders. So shed all your cares and woes and listen in. to acknowledge the traditional custodians of land which we are meeting on, the Wujak Noongar people. We acknowledge and respect their continuing culture and the contributions they make to the life of the cities of Canning, Gosnells, Armidale and the Shire of Serpentine, Jarrodale. Hey Simon, it's time for another joke. Oh, here we go. Did you hear about the famous Italian chef that recently died? No, I didn't. He passed away. <laughs> That's better. But you know, it's not a joke. The quality service and huge range of automotive parts at Alliance Auto Parts and Mining Supplies. Alliance Auto Parts and Mining Supplies. Unit 8, 48 Kelvin Road, Maddington. Call 94527622. Station sponsor. Is the stress and burden of doing your own bookkeeping overwhelming? Station sponsor AW Bookkeeping and Secretarial Services specialise in MIOB, BAS, payroll, debt collecting and much more. They will help you to develop and implement procedures that are customised for you. AW Bookkeeping hold the competitive edge in customer service, striving to make your business successful. With 23 years of knowledge and experience, AW Bookkeeping will assist you with all of your bookkeeping and secretarial needs. Contact Amanda 0438 307 730. Hi, this is Missy Higgins for RAD, recording artists, actors and athletes against drink driving. I see a lot of things at gigs, mostly people having a good time and a few drinks. But what I'd hate to see is someone getting behind the wheel after they'd been drinking. Being even a little bit over the limit makes it too easy to lose control. So if you plan to drink, plan ahead. Arrange a designated driver who won't drink. Remember, music lives and you should too. In Langford, Bedford Dale and Whitby. We're the voice of your community. 107.3 HFM. Our special guest for this week, the one and only Leo Sayer. Well, Leo, 
<laughs> we know you've had a very long and uh, distinguished career in the music business. Kind of like yourself, quite amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I think you're, you beat me in the international stakes, there's no doubt about mm, that. Mm -hmm. You've had a lot of international hits. Thank but you. I want to talk to you about mm -mm. some more commonplace things. Um, like, you, you, you've just had your 73rd birthday. Yes. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. Um, how do you feel about the whole ageing thing? You know, just, just getting old. Yeah, it's really interesting. I was doing an interview the other day with um, somebody at the BBC, and they actually asked me the question. They said, what do you miss more than anything else? And mm -hmm. uh, what time would you like to be in? And I, I've just got this feeling at the moment, because of where we are in the world, that before we had the internet and before we had mobile phones, we were in this amazing place where creativity was so incredible because you had to use your imagination and our imaginations were wonderful. I mean, I've been reading interviews that I did and I was so succinct in those days, you know, everything kind of made sense. And that's because we, we learned our wisdom, we learned our knowledge, we didn't look on Google and we found out everything. So I think that this age is, it's kind of interesting because we come to this time, I think at the moment, with a lot of incredible tools the tools that you and I have grown up with, where we had to make it up as we went along, and we had to ask people to help us, um, and we had to be inspired by heroes. That's the other thing that's gone. And I don't feel that the class of today so much relies on those heroes and role models, which we had to rely on. So, so there we are, we, we, we learned from the ground up. Our, our experience was hard won, it was hard fought for, and we took it forward and I, I think we're in this wonderful place now us older people as it were where we've got all this knowledge we've stored it up and now we're, that wisdom is coming back to use again. and I think it is uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I hear it more and more uh, quite recently that um, people's grandchildren and children are starting to listen to the music yeah, that we they're listen discovering to. it, yes, exactly. And, um, you know, yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah says, kids, it says a, something. kids yeah. going to music stores and buying a drum kit or a guitar because they're inspired by something they heard from our time rather than a sequencer and a, you know, and a... And a yeah, you live uh, down in beautiful Berrima, is that correct? Absolutely, Southern Highlands, yeah, yeah near Barrow and Mittagong and Robertson and all those places. You know, I know you have a, a wonderfully functioning studio down there, so yeah, that must yeah. take up a bit of your time. Well, it does, but I love making records, and I always did. Um, I used to kind of watch people like, well, Richard Perry and um, uh, Arif Mardin make records with me, and I'd always determined to learn things off them. Mm -hmm. So I love creating records. And I think I like creating the whole thing. So recently, I mean, I had an album about two, three years ago called Selfie. And it was called that because I did everything myself. Um, apart from mixing it. And I've got a great guy here in Queensland that I, I use. But um, I love the idea that, you know, Van Gogh or Picasso, Picasso didn't get somebody in to do the blues and the yellows. They did the lot, you know. So, so I suppose it's... An, and also, you know, I've got that song, which is a curse, One Man Band. So there I am. I, I kind of... Amongst people, I have to do it by themselves. Yeah. Yeah, I'm bloody mindedness, probably. Now, what, what else takes up your time besides I'm the book. music? I'm writing my book as well. And You're that's taken a hell of a lot of time because doing the research for all the lost years that you can't correlate and you don't know about. So you do things like you print out a diary and you put the year on it, you know, and you go through pages and pages. And then every time... Um, a fan sends 
a ticket stub or, you know, or, or, or you read about a gig, you find out that you go onto Procol Harum's website because you remember you did a gig with them, but their fans are better than mine. So they actually say, it was in, it was in June 73 that Leo supported Procol Harum. So gradually all the dates fill in. Yes, they are. And that triggers the memory of, the, of, the, of all those events, you know. I, I wrote a book and I think I read from somewhere that uh, somebody, famous quote, said, if you're going to do an autobiography, do it when you're young because you remember things. <laughs> yeah. I've got a pretty good memory, though, John. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty lucky. I'm able to look at a date and, a, and a, an event and, you know, as long as I've got some quiet time to consider it and a little bit of research around it. I even have a, a book of... Uh, all the things that, you know, on those Doring Knesley books, of, you know, those DK books that kind of, what happened on that month in 19... So you trigger it like that, you go, oh, Margaret Thatcher was attacking the miners, you know, or something around here was happening with Gough Whitlam. Mm -hmm. So you kind of remember a, a moment and you put yourself in that place and you go, yeah, this is what I was thinking at that time. And there's a press cutting, inevitably, that you can pull out from that time. And you, 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 you hear all this... BS, pithy world wisdom that you came up with at the time, you know. But it, but it puts you in the picture, so you can gradually tell the story. Yeah. They're all little adventures, aren't they? Absolutely. Oh, do you remember are. when we first met a countdown and I walked in? I didn't mm. know what to make of Molly. I mean, he was a freak. We still don't know we what to make We still don't know what to make of Molly. <laughs> and I remember you were in there and you sang just before me and I thought, who's this guy? God, with his energy. And he's the same height as me. That's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. But we were kind of, I think we were all like babes in a wood. We didn't really completely know what we were doing. Absolutely not. No, and that's the beauty a, of it as yeah, well. We were inventing taking advantage something. of our luck. I know, and I think inventing something as well as mm. we went, you know. Uh, I thought my wife and I had a pretty good record in uh, mm -mm. having been together for 27 years before <laughs> we got married. Uh, now, you've just been telling me that you're thinking about getting married to the lovely Donatella. I know, because it's, it's about How many time years? 32 years we've been... And I was married for 14 years before that. So, um, and that ended up with um, my wife Janice just didn't want to be Mrs. Sarah any longer because we'd go to America, you know, and the usual thing. You're in, introduced to somebody and they go, oh, Leo, nice to meet you. And, and I'd say, well, this is Janice, my wife saying, hi, Janice. Anyway, Leo, what I wanted to say to you, you know, and it's very tough for the lady, the support acts in, in our lives, isn't it? Indeed. I mean, and now, now Donna, pretty much like your missus, chooses not to come to the gigs, stays away, you know, and just sort of says, you get on with it, John, you get on with it, Leo, and then come back and tell me about it later. We'll finish off on mm -mm. just a chat about your health. How's yes, pretty good. I've got three stents. I've had heart problems, uh -huh. but nothing major, although... My doctor said, my surgeon said, I was really lucky to see him the day I did. Uh -huh. Because I was having a thing where I, I don't know if you've experienced this, where I was suddenly falling asleep on the road, having to have a sleep. As you're diving down the road in your big BMW, you <laughs> suddenly kind of go, hang on, I've just got to pull over for 15 minutes. And that, I was doing that all the time. Uh -huh. And so he said to me, that, that is a lack of oxygen. So you're really having trouble. Mm. And he said, come on, let's test you immediately. So I went in, literally operated the next day. And was yeah. that here in Australia? Yeah, here in Australia, and put three stents in. It was only about seven, eight years ago. 
and been right as rain since then. And I have a partial kneecap replacement, but that's a, due to falling off stage too many times, <laughs> playing the village idiot, you know, in front of the band, as we do. <laughs> I'm sure you've done the same. You know, run on stage, trip over the monitors, straight into the orchestra pit. I've done that a few times. It's just a stage I'm going through. Yeah, it's just a stage I'm going through, literally. <laughs> yeah. Well, Leo, thank you very much. A pleasure, very dear friend. Always, very informative yeah. indeed. And, uh, Always thank a you pleasure. for being on. We are brothers of the mic. That's what we need to do. Yes, and thank you for being on The Shed Wireless. A pleasure. Lovely to be on The Shed. And long may it flourish. All its panels be in place. And no wind blow it down nor fire. <laughs> okay, you can be quiet now. <laughs> Armadale Community Men's Shed. Email Armadale Community Men's Shed, all one word, at gmail.com or mobile 0424 776 348. Ring us or call in. Well done, guys. Sean Bertol.